This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan. Got me, Kevin Hagelin. We have Corey Majors and Mike Bassick all back together. Although I guess Mike got a head start on us. And he was, in fact, here yesterday. So Happy New fun. Year, guys. I'm proud of you for that. Happy New Year. I haven't seen year. you since last year, Kevin. Oh, my God. That is the worst. That's a fact, though. <sighs> when was the last time we fact. saw you? I saw you at the Texas Roadshow card shop. Right. And I haven't seen you since then. Guess what? Merry Christmas. I just think I think it you was should 2022 consider. 2022, then it's 2023 now. You should consider cutting those people out of your life if they're like, I haven't seen you since last year. Have just, you considered cutting Mike it. and I out of your mm. life? Yeah, it's not. <laughs> I can't. Like anybody else, we'll we'll think about it. But like, I don't think that is logistically possible. All right, All right. we're gonna get back to the situation that happened in Monday Night Football about 10:20. And we might be getting an update in the next hour, hour and a half on the medical side of things, which I know a lot of people are obviously most concerned about. But wanted to try to have a little fun, try to break it up just a little bit today because I know a lot of folks have been inundated with this and for good reason. But you might be looking for something a little different is the Mavericks. I've heard of them. Hey, that's good, or else this segment would be off to a really <laughs> tough start. Is you know what? Go ahead and fire me off. Cut number one. Not organized enough to take those shots. Drive back, Christian Wood in on Shingoon. Dallas now on the board. Dallas takes the lead. We will have Christian Wood on the show tomorrow. Nice. And we can celebrate the fact that I was kind of shocked to learn this, and I was doing this research. Before the game started, and then I saw that the Mavericks corroborated me, which I appreciate. This is the team's longest winning streak in 12 years. I'd say Houston helped out tremendously, too. They really did, because at about halftime, I was like, well, no wonder we get to six every time. Because the Mavericks have a ton of six-game winning streaks over the years. But it's been back since the 2010-11 season since they won seven straight games. And so I think that's a big deal. My question for y'all is going to be, even if they did get help, is what does this mean for the Mavericks? Or what does this put you in the mindset of for the Mavericks? I'm happy they're winning very winnable games against pretty much under 500 teams, right? I mean, since the Minnesota game started, they've really struggled to play good basketball. But hey, you're taking care of business. And the Mavericks through the first 30 games weren't taking care of business. They were playing sometimes bad teams like Detroit without Cade Cunningham or Washington Wizards without Porzingis and Bill. And they were losing those yes. games. They were they were losing games to Denver when four out of their five starters were out. They literally yeah. only had one starter available. And they lost that game. And so 
I think the good part of the seven-game winning streak is the Mavs are winning the games that are very winnable. On the schedule, you look at it and you say, that should be a win. Or Vegas is saying the Mavericks are favored in this game, and they're winning the game. They might not be covering the spread, but they are winning the game. So I think that's a positive from this seven-game winning streak is they might not be playing great, but they're playing good enough to beat bad teams. So, Mike, a couple things that we talked about uh, while while Kevin was out was the the strength of schedule. And I was like, hey, it does show that the strength of schedule gets easier and that early in the season, the Mavs played a very tough schedule. So that was something that I was positive about uh, as I was looking at this. I did, Kevin. I think it was yesterday. I kind of looked up and went, huh, turn it into the new year. And Mavs are the four seed again. Yeah, that's true. And yes, playing the Rockets help. Playing the Lakers help too. Like that, those things are very nice to have in your pocket. And you want to be better. You don't want to have to go to overtime with the Knicks and those kinds of things. But I think the like seeing Christian Wood's personality starting to come out now. Like I, the the interview. What did he say? Uh, me and Luca went together like ice cream and fudge. And interesting, you know, like, <laughs> is that your go-to combination? Uh-huh. Peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's he his went thing. With the ice cream and fudge. Maybe I mean, that's he a loves pretty it. popular yeah. thing, right? He, maybe yeah, he loves it. Those, those both go together well. I, How about see, a fudge Sunday? Okay, but the one I liked was the comparison that Luca gave because Luca, we always talk about this. If you retell a story where you don't look good in the story, I'm more inclined to believe that's the correct version of the story. Yeah. Is and Luca goes. I like Christian Wood. I like I yell a lot, and Christian Wood doesn't yell at me back, even though sometimes he I probably deserve it. And I thought that's a good version of that because he's like I'm not the best. That's important too for chemistry's purpose. Yeah. And I, I say this Mike because there have been times when Kevin has thrown something or gotten <laughs> really upset, uh-huh. and you you looked at the me Henry like rug situation. What's happening? Yep. What's going on? Why is he mad? And I just went, don't worry about it. Because Kevin needs to vent. Uh, I I handle mine differently. You handle yours differently. We all do. But once we figure out how each person handles it, we can let them have the space. I think Christian Wood has figured out Luca needs to, he's, he's kind of, he gets, what did I say? He, he, he blows up on the court a little bit. If you give him that space, he, he might turn into something awesome. So the, this first part of the season, They've learned how, you know, what each of them can do, what they can accomplish. I think this is better for the second half of the year. Here's the great news, too, is just at Thanksgiving and early December, we were hearing that Christian Wood was not part of this team. Yeah. And so now we're to the new year, a month later, and we're hearing all of these positive things about Christian Wood. Now, look, his role has changed quite a bit from yes. the start of the month in December to the end of it. He became a starter. He's now averaging 20 points and eight rebounds a game as a starting player. That's exactly what we are asking from Porzingis. He's he's doing everything you asked of Porzingis. Right. He has filled in that role of a 20-point, eight-rebound guy as a starting player Porzingis didn't give you a lot the last three, four minutes of the game. That's and I'm not true. saying Christian Wood is giving you tons of everything the last three or four minutes and carrying you to a victory that, you know, needs to be there. But he's giving you everything you asked Porzingis to give. He's giving it now, and he's fitting in, it seems like, all of a sudden – He's become part of the Dallas Mavericks, which is very exciting. Now, we Reggie and I were talking about this on Friday. It is a little bit, I'm still a little bit curious about his defense because, like, let's take last night, for example. 
He had as many blocks as every other player in the game combined. Okay. So he had five blocks. The rest of the players in the game had also had five blocks. I thought you were saying every other player had five blocks. I was like, what a no, defensive yeah. game this was. Final score, <laughs> six to five. Uh, no, but as every other... But then there are other times when just basic defensive lapses, I feel like, still happen. And so he's interesting in terms of, like, he can get your rim protection to the optimum of what you would hope for. And then there are other things off of switches and stuff that I'm like, what happened there? So, like, there is definitely still room for improvement. He's not a perfect player. He's not a max out player. He's not a $30 million a year player. You run into issues when you pay somebody that much. But it... Right now, $14 million, that's a hell of a player yeah. on your team. Like, literally, he's getting paid three and a half more million dollars than Dwight Powell. And Dwight Powell is doing his best out there. He is filling the role of off the bench, and he's going to have to play 20 to 25 minutes every night, and he's going to have to do it in the playoffs because JaVale McGee is going to give you nothing, and Kleba's season's over for the most part. And I know they won't say that yet because they're hopeful that maybe in April or May he comes back. But most likely, he's not going to play until the next year. Uh, And so I look at it and go, man, they're asking a lot of Christian Wood and he's really stepped up and done that. And I just I know that maybe this is off topic and for another time, but you got to give him the four year extension. Put it on the table, give it to him and and move forward and say, we got a dude for under 20 million a year who's going to give us 20 points and eight rebounds. So the thing that makes me nervous about that, so that would be a four year, not nervous about signing it. It will nervous about something else. So it's four for 77. So I think 19.25 per year. That seems perfectly reasonable. I have made fun quite frequently of sometimes I think Brad Townsend is a mouthpiece for Mark Cuban. And when you see Brad Townsend out in the world and Callie Kaplan to a certain extent is like, you know what might make sense is to just give him the two-year extension. And I'm, oh. See, but that makes me nervous because that makes me wonder if that's where the Mavs' head is at. And I'm like, well, sure, that makes sense for you. Mm-hmm. But if you're Christian Wood and you're like, hey, I'm playing winning basketball for the first time in my career and I'm like holding up my end of the bargain, what is the appeal of a two-year extension? None. Uh, how much money for two years? I guess I mean, Probably like an 18 million. Yeah, about. 36, 38. Because it, it, yeah, it, it goes less. up on a four that's year. True. So it's less appealing. It's it's just one of these things where I'm I'm so happy this is working out, but I'm also fearful of the way the really I say the Dallas Mavericks, Mark Cuban does business. Is well, let's go through the trade deadline. Because maybe we turn Christian Wood. I get it. You have 14 million dollar expiring contract and a guy that's 20 points and eight rebounds. Maybe. We just keep them on this one-year deal and see if we can trade them. And then after the trade deadline, if we don't trade them, we say, hey, what do you know? Four years. And then you're the agent and you're Christian Wood. And you're like, man, you kind of treated me like trash in January and February when I was willing to sign this four-year deal. And now that we got past this and there's only 25 games left in the season, why don't I just play out these 25 games and see who's going to woo me more in the offseason? Because I bet somebody's going to want me more than the way that you've wanted me the last two months. And We ran into that with Jalen Brunson. So why wouldn't the same thing play out with Christian Wood, who might average 20 points and 10 rebounds the rest of the year, and then all of a sudden help you win maybe a round in the playoffs? And then he's like, guess what? All these other teams really want me, and you guys never showed me the love until the very end. The I am – with Kristaps, though, they did that. They were like, 
immediately because yeah, right. they made the trade. Is that why that we've already invested? We're making they this move. All the He's going to be our star. Yeah. You don't have to play for us. Well, we don't believe that this guy <laughs> who actually is playing well can we? We need to make that kind of investment. They need. It's almost like they need to be pushed to it. And Mike, we've seen plenty of companies uh, that say, "Hey, doesn't matter how good you do, you're not getting this, a raise." This is what scares me. To your point, I, yeah, well, I hear you. Is <laughs> oh my gosh, every New Year, every is. Corey, at that point, and the article's been written, and we, we've expressed this, and I know that there is a lot of fight back from the Dallas Mavericks organization and from their close partners, is that in that Porzingis extension, all they had to do was get rid of Harrison Barnes, and they could stay well below the tax threshold. If I sign Christian Wood to this deal with only pretty much Dwight Powell coming off my books, I stay into the luxury tax. And so I think it makes it tougher on Mark Cuban, who does not want to pay a luxury tax, to do this. That's why the Brunson thing became a little bit of a of an issue. And I think this Christian Wood thing is more of an issue than the Porzingis thing because he knew signing Porzingis to a max extension doesn't take me close to the luxury tax because I still have this kid Luca on a rookie deal. And now that Luca's on a forty plus million dollar a year year deal, if I sign Christian Wood, the eighteen million dollars approximately per year actually costs me more like twenty six million dollars per year or twenty eight million dollars per year because of the tax I have to pay being over over it. And according to a few people, like agents, they don't think Mark Cuban wants to pay luxury tax. He wants to be a team right below the luxury tax. That's where he wants his budget to be. All right, so I, I do like this question from 360 because I might even be a little confused on how I feel still right now. So now you love Christian Wood. I'm confused. Always have. I don't think I don't think anybody didn't love him. There were just I think there's some expectations he needs to accomplish. Like he needs to get to a, a place for Jason Kidd to, uh, to respect him at least. Right. I think that's kind of what we were were hoping for, and he needs to get to a place where he's shown, hey. I, I can be that guy for Luca. Our shows are podcasted, right? Yeah. Yes. I would love for that person to go back and go find the podcast <laughs> where we said we hate Christian Wood. Do right now, do you love Christian Wood? I do. And going forward, is there anything that'll make you feel different about that, or will you still be in this place with? If he were to go the Lamar Odom route and become a crackhead, just quit. that yeah, would okay. probably upset me. <laughs> By the way, I didn't think there's any way we would have the transition for that. But well, here did we you, are. Did you That's, see, I wouldn't want him if that happened. Did you see that at the prostitution place, which is a cleaned up version of what I would have normally Ooh, said. cat house or something? Yeah, he's like, I wasn't taking drugs. That guy tried to kill me out there. What? And so, yeah. I, I saw that on TMZ. I didn't think there was any way there would be a logical transition into that, yet here we are. I want to discuss that more. <laughs> okay, that's At some fair. point, I really want to get into the idea that like that could be had. Because, man, I've been watching a lot of Jack Ryan. There's a lot of double, you know, playing both but sides and stuff. So For 20 points, 8 rebounds, and under $20 million a year, Find me that guy in the NBA who hits free agency. Who's not on? Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. who's not on their rookie yeah. deal. Like a, a rookie I, deal, I get it, but it, usually guys that get those numbers, and I get Christian Wood has warts, but usually does. guys get twenty-five to thirty-five million dollars a year if they just put up those numbers, no matter how they play defensively, no matter what else they do, as long as they get along with their teammates and they're giving you those numbers along with a block shot or two per game. Yeah, he has his warts, but for under $20 million a year, that's a steal. You're paying 
Tim Hardaway Jr., $20 million a year approximately. Yeah. Now, basically, in this situation, Kevin, Mark Cuban has these white gloves on. Uh-huh. And he's walking. He's He's got the little uh, thing over his eyes. Is this going to be about the National Treasure and show he's got, now? He's got money, and he's got bags with dollar signs, uh-huh. and he's running away going, I just stole this money because I don't have to pay this guy that much. Wow. He's try- that's what he's trying to do. All By right. the way, a lot of people, Kevin, saying... Uh, that uh, that they're glad that you're back this year. Uh-huh. Uh, that they're excited uh, that this just year's on New the show Year on Friday. They missed that, you all year. That just happened. That was last year. Yeah, New Year's. That was last year, Kevin. This is a new. This is 2023. They haven't heard you since 2022. We're the KNC masterpiece. What have we said that's wrong? You know what? And that's the thing that bothers me the most. You're right. It is a fact. I just hate the way that fact indisputable evidence interpreted. You know what? You've got me there. We're the KNC masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, were you watching Monday Night Football Live and how did you process it all? 877-881-1053. We'll do it next right here in The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan. At some point today, we will perhaps get into Yellowstone Politics. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, so no, let's not do that. Okay. Mike likes it. Okay. Okay, I'll be out. <laughs> Man, we want to make sure that's spoiler-free, though, is so unfortunately, and you know what? I'm I'm glad that this person said this because this is how I think a lot of people felt from the 940 talking about Monday Night Football. Were you watching live? How did you process it all? If it's if it's a game that if it's like a regular season game yeah. or depending on what's happening with the baby and the family and stuff is sometimes I will DVR things and catch up. And so that's about Noah's bedtime. And so we're reading books and everything. And so Mike called me and he's like, hey, are you watching Monday Night Football right now? And I was like, no. And he goes, well, I don't want to spoil the game for you. With the score, but also I think somebody might have just died on the field. And I was like, okay, I don't care what the score is. Like, that is the thing. And I flipped over immediately, and it was the ambulance was out there, and you saw people, like, standing in a circle, not on the sidelines or anything. So instantaneously, like, I dropped right into it, and it was horrifying. So... We've seen earlier in the season to a T. That was terrifying yes. when he went. And I into, was watching that live. And, right. And you're like, holy And he kind of went into a seizure. Yep. I mean, not kind of. He yeah. did. And the players were very concerned. But the reaction last night to the players over that kind of 10-minute span was way different than Tua. Because Tua was somewhat conscious. Yeah. Like, it, it didn't feel like – it felt like from us, life – 
oh no, is Tua okay? Like, is he going to live? But you could tell from the players' reaction, they were very concerned about Tua, but felt like he's breathing. And this one was different because there was, I mean, bawling. Because if you just say tears, I don't think tears really describes it well. If, if you're just listening right now and didn't see, the players were bawling because they thought, or I mean, and we don't know yet, but oh my God, he's he's fighting for his life or people are fighting for his life because he's not alive himself. So my same thing happened with me. I'm watching a show, Mike calls and I'm I'm seeing it, but I'm just seeing faces. I'm just seeing reactions. Right, because they don't want to show what's actually happening. Which is good for them. In my mind, I was thinking, oh man, they know that he's paralyzed. You know, that's what I was thinking. Just watching the visuals of it was these guys know that the, because they hadn't shown us, you know, yeah. we had not seen what they were doing on the field. But Mike, they when you talk about balling, they are watching a guy being like they're straining to keep his life. Yeah. And so that was whenever I like that when it changed, it flipped a switch in my mind, Kevin. Uh, even while I was watching with Adrian, I got emotional about it. I was like, man, this I, going through in my mind what they were going through on the field. You're watching a, your teammate laying there helpless, yeah. and somebody's trying to revive him. Uh, that's like I did. I think it was later. I saw Waddle, our former producer, sure. post about Rich Peverly. Yes, and that in that was the comparison I thought about. Help me out here because I don't know that Rich Peverly played for the Stars. Okay, and he collapsed in the in the on the bench. This was about nine years ago uh, with Lindy Ruff. The entire team is banging their sticks and trying to get the referee's attention before they all just jumped over the boards, got onto the ice, and said, we have an emergency. And this is a quote from Lindy Ruff at that time, Kevin. When he dropped, it was red alert. Don't worry about the game. It was about getting the doctors. The players don't want to play, and I don't want to coach the team right now. That's what the head coach of the Stars, whose player collapsed on their bench, yeah. said in that moment, and that was or that was afterwards, but they did eventually cancel uh, the game that night. Yep. Okay. And that's the com- after 30 minutes. It was 30 yeah. minutes that, they, that it took them to cancel. And I was watching live. Obviously, I, I just was so excited about this game. And I sure. knew that I had Monday night available to watch this. And I was so excited because I felt like these were the best two teams playing. I said yesterday with Reggie, I think whoever wins this game, I'm going to pick to win the Super Bowl. That's how much uh, I had yeah. on this game. And that's I just wanted to watch it. I thought, wow, two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, two of the best teams in the NFL. This is just an unbelievably great matchup that you usually don't get this late in the year. And it was a great game. I mean, the first 10 minutes, it was an awesome game. And that play, when it happened, watching live, I didn't think anything of it. Me neither. Except my son said, which I agreed with him, he goes, I just couldn't do what like T. Higgins just did. That's why he played one year of football and stopped playing because he would catch that ball. And he said, I would just try to like run to the sidelines and not try to get hit. And he's I like, I'm going to turn up field and try to get right. an extra yard. Or yeah, two. and I'm going to look for contact. I see him, and I'm not going to try to avoid him. I'm going to go after him. And I'm not saying he did anything illegal. He did anything bad. He played football. T. Higgins just played football. But he decided, I'm going to go after him here and make a statement early on in this game that we're coming after you. We're not going to try to avoid uh, contact and then he went down and I didn't I honestly did not see the collapse 
he went down and I must have like taken my eyes off of it for a second and it went to commercial break because of an injury. And I yeah. just thought, hey, football injury happens. Let me flip over to the Maverick game. And then two, three minutes later, I flip back over and I see that, oh no, they show the replay of them collapsing. And I'm like, this isn't good. And then I watch a little bit more. And then that's when I called you because I'm like, this is not normal and the players aren't acting like normal around this situation well i thought about when you were talking about how much the players were crying is because they kept showing shots of him josh allen comes to mind you had seen he had stopped crying but his eyes were so so red which is indicative of somebody who had just been bawling their eyes out and like potentially watching a teammate die i i I know this is not for a lot of people like if I ever bring up wrestling, it agitates them, not real sport and everything like that. But there was a situation like this where a wrestler died during a pay-per-view and it was a heart. It was Owen Hart. Yeah. And so but like the difference is they don't do bits and stuff in football where it's not like he was going to sit back up and they're like, he's alive again. Like. With wrestling, when we were watching it, is they were like, there were people crying and everything, but you kind of thought... Oh, is this part of the show? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's kind of like, I know, totally different, the Siegfried and Roy thing, when the tiger attacked, people were like a little bit like, was that part of the show? I don't think it was. And you're confused when you're watching a show rather than a event like football. And it wasn't until right before the last match on the show is Jim Ross comes on and he's like, it is my unfortunate responsibility to tell you that Owen Hart has died. And I remember being with my friends and being like, what? The, they weren't just doing like, you know, yeah. wrestling things because if you just made that up, like that's too far. Yeah. And and so I, I know it's not exactly the same, but I've seen a couple people text that in and that is kind of the vibe I felt is like, there are these, these are the biggest, strongest people in the world. You can do nothing. Yeah. You know, like whether it was the wrestlers then or whether it was last night when you see Diggs and Allen or whoever else, these, these are the most well-conditioned, amazing people in the world. You can do nothing but just stand there and pray or if you want to, like, try to, I don't know if they wanted to watch or if they were like, please save him. I, it's a horrifying situation across the board. Yeah. From the 469, don't make T. Higgins look like the bad guy. Players do that all the time. No, that's a fact. Right. I did no, not. That, not that was, that you're, was not, that. you're not yeah. listening well enough if that's what you heard. More more than anything, I like that was kind of the direction of where I, the next place that I felt really bad for that person. I had a friend in high school, got in a wreck. Our, his best friend dies. He lives. Yeah, and the survivor's guilt. And yeah. I was like, I was thinking to myself, man, and I was telling Adrian because there was a picture of T. Higgins walking down the hall with his mom. His mom's got her arms wrapped around him as they're walking, and I was yeah. like, that dude in his mind is like, I, I might be responsible for killing a guy. Yeah. And there's, it's very difficult to convince yeah. yourself otherwise. But that's know, a really tough my, spot. To my be father in. accidentally hit somebody in the head pitching, and it was yeah. an accident, and he almost quit baseball because he thought he killed the guy. And so that's, I mean, that's when you accidentally do something like that and you're not meaning to hurt anybody, you're just playing your sport and then it it affects you in that way. And I felt also real quick, I felt for Joe Buck and Troy Aikman and everybody broadcasting yes. and then they went to uh, the studio and uh, was it Susie Colburn and yeah. Booger McFarlane and yeah. um, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the other. Schefter, right? Schefter. Okay. And I mean- that is a really tough situation to to have to talk about because 
they tried their best and they did their best. And like, you know, sometimes media people, you're kind of programmed to be almost like robotic in certain situations. When you heard, when you could like see McFarlane actively crying, when when Troy Aikman's voice is breaking up is, I it's just, it was heartbreaking. And I know there are some people second guessing, like, do you go to canned programming? And I don't think so because... I bet a lot of people were like, well, "If you have any the, any update, that's what everybody tell wanted. me." I, everybody wanted like to if you if you're going to get any new information, we want to hear it right. from you, and that's what the audience wanted. My wife, she was like, "I want to watch because I want to know what's going to happen." I flipped over thirty minutes into it just to see how this had blown up, and CNN and uh, Fox News both stopped coverage of politics and they were covering the Monday night football situation with DeMar Hamlin. So, I mean, that's how 30 minutes into it, everybody, even the news channels cut from news to be like, here's the news right now. It is the Monday night football situation. We eventually changed off of it because of, and and I get the point of view is like, I told you it was about Noah's bedtime yeah. and we have like a bedtime routine. No, I can't read by and the way. I just no, he to, can't. He can't. I have to, I have to getting, read the books to him. closer and closer. He's really struggling. Is, <laughs> is, is when they were showing like the highlight of him with his mom yeah. before the game and they're mm-hmm. like, hey, this is someone's son. This is someone's brother, cousin. And like you could just see it on her face is – not surprisingly so, is she got really emotional and then started thinking about, like, you know, what if that happened to our kid? Which yeah. I'm sure a lot of people, like, especially if your kids play football or yeah. you played football or anything. And so we ended up, like, going and watching, like, putting him to bed and, like, just doing something different for a minute because it would just yeah. felt, like, kind of overwhelming, especially in a situation that you can do nothing about. Like, yeah. you're just watching. You're like, I, I can't do anything. And for me, I just kept flipping back during Maverick commercial breaks. Okay. Because yeah, you yeah, could yeah. tell that nothing was really going to happen. And then you saw, obviously, the players go back to the sideline, and it was, hey, they might play, or they're going to play in five minutes. And then that changed pretty quickly. And so that was kind of just the updates of, like, are they going to play this? And 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 I was I didn't know I thought they were going to have to play it. To be honest, after they took Hamlin off the field in the ambulance, I thought I think they have to play this. But I I didn't know. Like I as a as a as a just a audience member going thinking of the standings and thinking of everything. I was like, gosh, I think they have to continue this game. And then I didn't put any relevance in it. I was on the phone with my dad going, you know, I put a lot of relevance into this game I put Super Bowl championship relevance into this game before it started and when I thought they were going to have to resume play I told my dad it's like I don't at this point there's no way that the outcome of this game means anything now it it can't mean anything to the audience as like this means Buffalo's good or Buffalo's not good this means Cincinnati's good or Cincinnati yeah yeah. so that that, there are a couple things there you know with with T Higgins how do you get your mind right for the next day? I don't know. If they were like, hey, we're playing tomorrow night or, you know, whatever. How do you do that? Seeing Stefan Diggs trying to, like, I don't know if y'all saw that part the where he's standing up. there trying to get everybody ready yeah. to go back out there. And I was like, how's he even there? And and what did he say in that moment that other players may look at it and go, I can't believe that dude even did that. Or they're like, man, I really respect that he was trying to do it in that moment when nobody knew what the, what they were supposed to do. Yeah. Not a single person that that stadium knew what they were supposed to do according to protocol. They all knew what their hearts were telling them to do. Right. They all knew what they what they like it, what they should be doing. 
but nobody knew what protocol was for that moment. So Stefan Diggs is getting saying, all right, I got to go rally the troops somehow. We got to finish this game. And I'm sure they were saying, we got to finish it for him. We, uh, you know, he would want us to do something like that. But I think there were too many people in the headspace of, and there's no way I can, I can think, you know what I just witnessed right now. And like somebody texted in, Kevin, that's probably the first time a lot of those people had ever seen somebody being given CPR in real life. Like they've probably seen it on I TV see shows, that. and you've probably seen the huh. dummy yeah. and all that, but you've probably and never seen somebody going through that experience. I mean, this is just from my wife, who is a doctor, a pediatrician, and she said that getting to him immediately and starting the CPR as fast as they started, if you were giving good compressions, uh, that's a positive sign. And so that's it doesn't mean she doesn't know like what his condition was by the time he got to the hospital and, and, but nine minutes of CPR does not sound good. I've had to go through the class a good five times of CPR working at the YMCA every year. I had to take the CPR class and all kinds of other stuff. And, uh, I do know that doing it for nine minutes is not good to the person, but she's saying if you are doing good compressions and the person is 24 and in good health, there's a good chance that they can make it through it. But Obviously, she obviously doesn't know all the other situations. She's like, I don't know all the other numbers, like pH levels and all that stuff. I want to read y'all something. This is from a little bit more than two years ago. If you're, I know this isn't like an actual positive note considering what's at stake, but if you're looking for anything that gives you like some hope for humanity is this is Damar Hamlin with his uh, GoFundMe charitable thing a couple of years ago, and I'll give you the update on that. As I embark on my journey to the NFL, I will never forget where I come from, and I am committed to using my platform to positively impact the community that raised me. I created the Chasing M's Foundation as a vehicle that will allow me to deliver that impact, and the first program is the 2020 Community Toy Drive. So obviously you're going back a couple years ago. Their initial goal was of 2,500. Everybody has now focused on the Chasing M's Foundation community toy drive, and it is up to $3.9 million raised. Pretty much, I think it was at like $6,000. So almost Mm. overnight, about 3.8, 3.9 million additional in funds. And I know that doesn't fix anything, but... Hopefully, for generations of kids, it can help Dude, out we, their lives. You've seen Bill's Mafia move that is very in these true. kinds of moments lots of times. True. The Andy Dalton situation. I mean, and even more. There's been so yeah. many more of these situations. So, like, to see, to know that that was that right. part of it, too. And it's not slowing down, Ooh. either. Since this I, segment started, they raised 40000 more dollars to that charity. So, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's not like they were out there going, hey. We need your donations. It just, it became a, Somebody, it became a thing. People found it, to yeah. your point. Yeah, people found it. And it is scary to me, though, right now that it's 10.37 a.m. And, and there's still heard. critical condition without any updates. That's just scary to me. I'm really hoping that we hear a positive word here For pretty sure. soon. For sure. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, let's talk some baseball nuggets with Mike Basick. I talked yesterday about the starting rotation. I'll give you a little bit of more on that because you guys weren't here yesterday, but I'm going to talk about the Achilles heel now of the oh. Texas Rangers next. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan. Got Mickey Spagnuolo coming up at 11, but right now it's time for Baseball Nuggets with Mike Bashek. All right. So yesterday I talked about how the Rangers can win 90 games. I really believe they can now. I know Nathan Avaldi doesn't add 20 wins to your team, but when you look at the starting rotation, that's the strength of the Texas Rangers. Without a doubt, there's nothing sure. that even is really even that close. Their offense is a nice offense. Six, seven, eight, nine concern me going into the year. Um, but one through five, I really like their first five hitters in their lineup. But when you look at DeGrom and Gray and Evaldi and Perez and Heaney, if they start 120 games, okay, so you miss 40 to 42 games approximately, man, you can win a lot of games with that rotation. Like yeah. literally, I was saying last year, nothing against certain guys, but I bring up Spencer Howard as a certain name. Yeah. When Spencer Howard took the mound, you felt like you were at a major disadvantage. 100%. Whoever it was. When we talked about, I think we did a topic about this, who starts that you are like, I'm out. Yeah. Is, that's who Spencer yeah. Howard was for me. I was like, we're going to lose. Right. And you were just hoping for him. You're hoping if he can give us four plus innings with under four runs, maybe we have a chance. Like that was where you're at. Well, there's not one guy in this rotation that when you look at whoever they're pitching against, whether it's Framber Valdez, whether, you know, you name a pitcher for Robbie Ray or something like that for Seattle, you're like, hey, yeah, maybe they're a little better than the guy that we have on the mound. And it won't be Jacob deGrom because he's, if Jacob deGrom's taking the mound, he's the best. Yeah. But you feel like, hey, I still have it. John Gray can go out and give me seven shutout innings. Perez can do that. Evaldi can do that. Heaney can do that. So you feel great about that. So that's why I believe now the Rangers should play over 500 baseball and have the possibility to win 90 games. I really believe they have that ability. Can we, before we go any further, yes. can we stop on that just one second and talk yes, about what an amazing prospect that would be? Because I have to admit, even with the DeGrom move, I was like, all right, now maybe we're talking 500. So even the yes. prospect of making a run at the playoffs, I think is a really big deal. Could I ask another question to consider in this conversation? Yes. Mike, is this maybe What if the, I said no? I'm going to ask it anyway. Is this maybe, and I know injury be damned, the best pitching staff the Rangers have ever had? Could be. Uh, Obviously, it has a lot of potential. The last time I kind of asked this question to John Daniels, it was when you picked up Corey Kluber and you had Mike Miner and Lance Lynn, and then one week into the (laughs) That wasn't a positive question at all. First of all, I asked that question before COVID, and then COVID (laughs) happened, and then Kluber pitched one inning, and then Mike Miner- not me, though. Mike Miner couldn't pitch in the major leagues anymore, uh, and I know he's still in the major leagues, but he's not good anymore. Yeah. And Lance Lynn was good, um, but- So hold on. Was your response to that question- the last time this happened, we got Corey COVID Kluber <laughs> and COVID broke out. Is that your answer? Kind of. Oh my God. But I will say this. Yes, on a piece of paper, it looks really good. I will say this. After the Rangers traded for Cliff Lee and you had Cliff Lee, C.J. Wilson was pitching at an all-star level. Uh, you had uh, Perez and you had Colby Lewis that were pitching well. Obviously, you had Derek Holland. You had uh, Scott Harris or Matt, Matt, Matt Harrison. Harrison. I always wanted to say Scott because there's the hitter, uh, Harrison, but... 
you had uh, depth. You had a superstar in Cliff Lee. You had really good pitchers in Wilson and Holland and and Colby Lewis and uh, Martin Perez. Uh, so you had like a plethora of guys, yeah. and Perez might have not yeah, been yeah, up yeah. yet, so I might be putting him on the team a little bit too quick there. But I just remember that was probably the best. Can this be better? Potentially, yes. Here's where I'm concerned, and here's why I can't pick them to win 90 games yet. Okay, so as much as I say they can, and they can make the playoffs, and I love the rotation, and the rotation has to carry them. That has to be the best. That has to be a top five rotation in the in the not American League in baseball if they're going to win 90 plus games. Are you about to bring up the bullpen? I am. This is where right now I think Chris Young has to do a little bit of work or he doesn't. Yeah. So John Daniels philosophy was you can Mike Adams might be listening right now. And Mike Adams former uh, relief pitcher on the American League back-to-back champ Texas Rangers traded from San Diego. Uh they did not believe the Rangers philosophy was under John Daniels. We do not pay bullpen pitchers. We do not go after bullpen pitchers in the offseason unless they're really cheap. Once we establish through two and a half or three months of a season that we are a good team, we are over 500 and our bullpen needs help. That's when I go get bullpen help. But I will not pay for bullpen before a season starts because I don't know how good our team is honestly going to play until I see them play 60 plus games. That could be Chris Young's philosophy. I don't know. He's a he's a really new general manager. I think he's doing a great job. I think he's going to do a great job. I don't know if that's his philosophy with the bullpen or not. But right now, the Rangers do not have a closer. So right now, it is Jose LeClerc who struggled doing it. Jonathan Hernandez, who I think has unbelievable stuff, but didn't really show the ability to handle the ninth inning yet. He might be able to this year, but he hasn't shown the ability to handle the ninth inning yet. Is there any part of you that thinks the Rangers look at those two and they're like, yes, we do. We just need to figure out. I'm, no, no, I'm with you. I don't think they okay. look. I don't think they look at LeClerc and think that he's a real okay. closer in the major leagues for a 90-plus win team. I not, think they look at him so well. Hell, if you're going to win 75 games, who cares? Yeah, not the Chris Young Texas Rangers. I, I, I'm like, this is a whole new thing for me, Kevin. Okay. I think the Chris okay. Young yeah. Rangers are different. I okay. do think they look at Jonathan Hernandez and say he has all the ability and stuff. Like his his stuff can do it. He has top 10 stuff out of the bullpen in Major League Baseball, so that gives you the ability to do it. They tried Joe Barlow last year; it didn't work. Yeah, he, he's he's a seventh, eighth inning guy. He's good in that role. But he's not good as your closer if you're trying to win it all. A guy who I want back, I want Matt Moore back. He's yes. still a free agent. And I'm like, hey, let's let's make sure we get him back. Cause I know that Brock Burke did a great job. John King had his moments, but I'm like, man, I think Matt Moore is a key to a winning team. There were some rumblings that maybe he had started to be priced out of the okay. Rangers neighborhood, which I know is weird given how much yeah. that they've spent, yeah. but that's just what I had heard. Take that for whatever you will. So I feel like in the next month here, this month of January, I would love to see Matt Moore come back, one, and then the Rangers to possibly trade for a guy they like. If they're kind of, okay. I know if, if you say you're out of money, well, you have to take on money in a trade because you're probably trading prospects right. to get that guy. Right, so right, you're trading right. prospects and taking on money. But whether it's a, and I know he hasn't been good lately and you might be, uh, you know, last gasp of a career in like Craig Kimbrell or something like that. Okay. Um, hmm. But I would feel like if you added right now Matt Moore and Craig Kimbrell to this bullpen, I'd say, hey, Maybe Craig Kimball can't do it anymore. Maybe yeah. his career is over. But 
hey, we've seen where guys look like their career was maybe over as a and closer, they and they're able to still do it. it here, yeah. But that's the one thing I look at the Rangers, and I won't pick them to win 90 yet. I'm looking at this team going, I think they can win 85. I'm optimistic that they can win 85 games, but if they were to improve the bullpen, and maybe Chris Young's deal is, I'm not going to improve the bullpen until we play 80 games. Yeah. And then I will possibly improve the bullpen if our lineup, if our infield defense, our infield defense is an Achilles heel. It, the things that, that worry me right now with this team, now that they've spent the money to be a true contender, infield defense, below average. Bullpen, right now on paper, below, below average. average. The back end of your lineup, below average. And so those are the things I look at, guys, and I go, all right, if you're going to beat the Astros, if you're going to beat the Mariners, those are two really good teams that should win 90 or more games next year. How are we going to stay up with those wins? How are we going to do that and be one of the wild card teams or somehow, I think, shock the world and win this division? Is the bullpen has to be way better than it looks like on paper. The infield defense has to get way better than last year. And the back end of your lineup, six through nine, has to hit better than right now it looks like on a piece of paper they would hit. No, I think you're right about all of that. I remain encouraged that even at 85 with the expansion of the playoffs and everything like that, that at least puts you in the conversation, if not the whole time, for a long time. I think the Rangers are going to be competitive right now all year and play over 500 baseball. And they could have a few moves or a few surprises uh, from their bullpen or from Jonah Heim or from Josh Young or from whether it's Bubba Thompson or Leody Tavares or Ezekiel Duran or Josh Smith or a trade that they are going to pull off in the next three to four weeks before spring training starts. That changes my mind on, no, 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 I am now putting them as a wild card team. Just one more question about that then. Do you have, I would assume yes, but do you have the faith now in this ownership group or to your point, the front office group that if they see the progress, they're like, let's go do one more thing. I do, Corey, and you might have more insight into the ownership group than I do. I mean, I know who Ray Davis is. I've never met him in my life. Uh, I'd like to meet him and and say hi to him and, and, and have a relationship with him, but I don't think this is going to be a Tom Hicks thing where he spins on Chanho Park and Alex Rodriguez and then goes, I'm out of money. We don't have enough money for baseballs. We don't have enough money to fix the grass. Like he literally <laughs> ran out yeah. of that much money where he's like, hey, I don't have any more baseballs for the minor leaguers. Hey, I don't have any more money to fix the grass in the infield this month. You're going to have to figure out how to paint it or something because I don't have any more money. I don't think we're going to run into that situation with Ray Davis in the next two years. This is a man who made his money in the natural gas business natural gas still exists i believe is that still that is, is true is it doing all right everything is natural gas uh-huh. exists? i'm not sure about that the other part around you guys he's he's a shrewd businessman he also you know whenever you have that kind of money you say well how do i get more and i would say if you kind of look around some of the properties that have been bought up lately there's been some purchases he wanted to ensure that he had some some assets okay uh, I think that he is competitive. He wants something done. I think he has a sense of urgency for it as well. I think we're going to have six months of very competitive, fun baseball, though. Now I do too. Man. I, I, I think, and they got to stay healthy. That yeah. that rotation has to stay pretty much healthy. But man, it's going to be fun to watch. The thing I'm looking, I'm interested in because we know what we had when we had Wash and Mike Maddox. Like we had a really fun brand of baseball. I don't know what a Bruce Bochy brand is going to look like. I'm excited because all the players we hear from are like, man, this is awesome for you guys. 
So I'm really excited to see what he turns the brand of baseball into. And we got a chance to talk to him, you know, right after he was hired. Yep. And we, like I had a great time talking with him, I had a great conversation with him. So I'm really interested to see the brand, like the style. If, if it's not just, hey, we're hitting bombs and, you know, it's now, hey, we can produce runs all the time. Like We know how to do it then that's something that's going to be so much more fun than, hey, we're either striking out or hitting home runs. And we're going to be in spring training when? At the end of February. End of February, early March. We'll be there covering the Texas Rangers. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, let's talk with our Dallas Cowboys insider, Mickey Spagnola, right here on 105.3 The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.